Welcome back to the podcast, and today we're going to talk a little bit about some divisional round games. We're going to touch on the Cowboys, and I'm actually going to talk a little bit about the NBA later on and with the Lakers and the Nets with Kyrie Irving finally coming back. I know it's been a while since I've posted, but that's just because I had to get a new microphone, and um, and I'm going to change up the style of the podcast, and we're not really going to talk about any statistics or yards or how good anyone's done this season in in detail um i may touch on it a little bit but to start it off uh we're going to talk about the divisional round and the amazing games that occurred over this past weekend and we're also going to talk about the cowboys and the mishap they had with the qb run with 14 seconds left um and we're going to talk about First, we're going to talk about the Cowboys, and they, I don't, I don't know what the call, that coaching call, the, the play call was. I don't understand it. Um, you have to, you, Dak Prescott would have had to slide at the perfect time, and then they didn't even account for the ref having touched the ball. They didn't account for Dak Prescott having to get up after being laid on by a 300-pound defensive lineman. I mean... It it was not a smart play call at all, and I think McCarthy has to go. Um, I'm not sure if he called it or the offensive coordinator called the play, but regardless, McCarthy should have said no. We're not we're not doing that because they did have the sidelines covered, and they got down the field by throwing the ball to the sidelines. And maybe you call a um you call a slant. You know you get. 10, 15 yards because they were playing. They weren't playing the middle of the field at all. So you can get down the field and spike the ball. I mean, it's very possible. So you call a slant. You know, you get it to CD. CD's amazing in the open field. Or Amari. Um, you know, you get them down the field. You spike the ball with. I mean, you'd have five seconds left. That's plenty, plenty of time to kick a field goal. And with with the defenders not really being in the middle of the, I mean not really being yeah not really being in the middle of the field I mean it's wide open it's wide open for 20 25 yards I mean it was complete and utter stupidity by the Cowboys coaching staff and I don't understand it and I think McCarthy has to go I don't think McCarthy can lead that team anywhere I don't think I mean with all the pieces they have it's it's ridiculous that they didn't get didn't get past the wild card round. I mean, you look at all the players they have. They have CD, Amari, Ezekiel, Dak, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, uh, just stars all over the field. I wouldn't really. I mean, Leighton Vanderesh, he he's a star. I would consider him a star. Uh, Randy Gregory, he came back. Um, and it's just it's ridiculous, but. Moving on from that, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Trey Lance versus Jimmy G. And I took some notes during the games, uh, just, you know, I'm on a little notepad, took some notes to talk about some key points, key key uh, things that I saw about each team. And um, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, he threw three interceptions. Um <laughs> No touchdowns, and I mean Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk a little bit about him too. Uh, he he did terrible uh, once again. And I mean, 
Uh, he he's zero and four against the Forty ers Um, and that's an interesting stat, honestly. Um, but Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Uh, next year, I think, I think, I think it's time for the Forty ers to move on from Jimmy G. Jimmy G makes way too many mistakes that shouldn't be made. I mean, he threw five or six passes that were just reckless and should have been intercepted. I mean. One pass he threw to um, their running back, and it was just a little floater. And if the corner, the corner that was in the area, if he was looking towards the ball, he would have intercepted it. So he would have had four picks and no no touchdowns. I mean, it's just it's terrible. Um, and Trey Lance, he he's a young player. Uh, I think that it was good for him to sit behind Jimmy G for a season. I do. I think that that was. For development purposes, I think that that was smart by the 49ers. But Jimmy G makes way too many mistakes, and this honestly is sad. Um, because the 49ers, they also have a lot of stars on the team. Debo Samuel is ridiculous. Debo Samuel is possibly, I mean, he's top 10 players in the NFL, top 15. Um He's so versatile. He can play any position. I mean, he was returning punts. He was running. He was being the running back. He was being the wide receiver. I mean, put him at quarterback. I mean, might as well. He he's an incredible athlete, and um, I think I think they need to give Trey Lance a chance because Jimmy G he he's too reckless. He's Brett Favre, but no skill. I mean, Jimmy G was just out there handing the ball off and throwing slants. I mean, it was. I mean, it was, it it was, it was terrible. I I don't understand why um why Jimmy G is considered a good quarterback. I mean, three interceptions should have been four at least. I mean, what what's going on? You know, like what what's happening? Um, as far as the Packers, their O line, their O line. I mean, it was it was cold. I mean, you know, uh. It was really cold. It was zero degrees. So Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of an excuse for his receivers dropping a lot of passes, but not really. I mean, you know, these guys, Packers, they they live and practice in this weather, and there's no excuse for Aaron Rodgers not being able to get in the end zone besides the first drive. Uh, The first drive was the only drive the Packers looked good in. Um, And the O-line... Uh, Aaron Rodgers was pressured all all game, and yes, um, the Forty ers do have a good pass rush. They do, but that O line's got to hold up at least a little bit. Get Aaron Rodgers some time to at least try to get the ball to Devontae. Um, and Devontae Adams, he made a lot of plays in the game that I thought he didn't make a lot of plays. He made some plays that just really let you know that he really is the best receiver in the NFL. Um he yes, he he his route running, his knowledge of what the defense wants to do to him and being able to identify it is just amazing. Um now we're just gonna move on here. Uh we're gonna talk about some NBA and uh I wanna start off with the Lakers. LeBron has been on an absolute tear lately as far as his offensive play. Um he he's high he's averaging the highest points per game of his career since uh 
2013, I believe, is something like that. Um, and <laughs> um, the Lakers, they need to move on from Russell Westbrook. It's, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he makes terrible decisions. His shot is completely broken. Um, completely broken. It's he he shouldn't even be controlling the offense when LeBron's on the floor. I mean, g- give it to Malik Monk. You know, let him let him run the offense a little bit because Russell cannot make the correct decisions. Absolutely cannot make the correct decisions. He struggles so so bad with making correct decisions. He I mean turnovers. He's cut it down a little bit the past few past week and past two weeks. Um. But still, it's it's not okay. Um, and also, I'm gonna just jump back real quick to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Aaron Rodgers is leaving the Packers. Um, and I think there's a lot of destinations for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if Russell Wilson ends up leaving the Seahawks, I believe Aaron Rodgers might go there. Aaron Rodgers could go to Minnesota. And me being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I want him to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a great place for him. He has a good defense, a really good coach, a decent O-line, a growing running back, and growing receivers. I mean, Chase Claypool, uh, Juju Smith, um, Deontay Johnson, who was their leading receiver throughout the regular season. Um, And I think that, I think Aaron Rodgers, he has no choice but to leave. Aaron Rodgers hyped himself up all season long. He hyped up the he hyped up how they should make it to the playoffs, how they should win the Super Bowl. He talked a lot of trash to the media, a lot of trash to the coaching staff of the Packers, and he I think he knew in his heart of hearts that he had to deliver. Um and he come up well short of delivering and I think it's just time for him to move on. He's won one Super Bowl in uh, Green Bay, and him being a top five quarterback of all time, one Super Bowl in what fifteen years probably. It's I mean that's just not it's not gonna work, you know. And um, now I want to go back to the NBA a little bit, and we're gonna talk about the Nets and Kyrie Irving. Um, Kyrie coming back for the Nets that was a real. Uh, uplift for the team. Um, Kyrie, he he's a just magician with the ball, you know. And um, had to take a little cut there to get some water because I was getting a little parched. Um, but now we're gonna go back to the NBA, like I was saying, with Kyrie and the Nets and COVID and everything that is happening with Kyrie Irving. Um, it came out a little while back that the Nets could pay a small fine, which was the first offense, a thousand, second, two thousand, third offense, three thousand, fourth offense, four, fifth offense, five thousand, and the sixth offense, offense, and so on. They had to pay five thousand. Um, I don't necessarily think that that is worth for them to do. Um, I mean, maybe in the playoffs, but. It's just it's ridiculous that Kyrie won't get vaccinated. Uh, I don't agree with the New York City guide, uh, New York City mandate to have to have a vaccine to enter certain places, but that's how it is in this day and age. And as an NBA player, you have to take that. And 
you have to i mean you, you if you want to do the best for you and your teammates get the vaccine um but just moving on here from all of that we're going to talk about the rams and the bucks and that was really eventful game that was a really fun and amazing game um and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on when we talk about Mahomes and that Bills game. But um, when when Tom Brady has the ball, and the same thing, it's the same thing with Mahomes. When they have the ball and it's a late game situation, you know they're down by a score or two, or you know just just any 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 deficit. You have that feeling, and I know all, anyone listening, y'all, you, you you understand this. When Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes have the ball. You you have a feeling in your gut that's just like they're gonna go down the field and they're gonna score. And it's because Tom Brady's done that so much in his career and you know how special Tom Brady is and that's I think that's what makes him the GOAT. Um I want Mahomes to eventually be the GOAT. That's really my my standpoint on that. I want Mahomes to get as many Super Bowls as possible. And where he's in the conversation is the greatest of all time. But I don't think that that's going to happen with the way the Chiefs are looking. Um, everyone's talking about how the Chiefs, they look like the Super Bowl favorites. And yeah, they do. But when you think about the regular season and early in the regular season, they, it was, they looked bad. And I, what if they slip back into that? You know, what if they slip back into that slump? I mean, they're hot right now, no doubt. They're hot right now. But what if they slip back into that slump, you know? But back to the Rams and the Bucks. Um, As far as the game and just things that I noticed, uh, both teams made some mistakes. Tom Brady made some mistakes. Uh, Tom Brady threw up interception, and he fumbled the ball on around the 20-yard line and let the Rams get in for an easy score, you know, on the offensive side. And... Tampa really struggled on offense. They really did. Um, the run game was, until the fourth quarter, the run game was completely just non-existent. Um, and the the Rams do have a good defensive line, um, probably the best in the league. They got uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, I believe. And they have Aaron Donald. They have Von Miller. They just have a lot of threats on that defensive line, and that's what makes them the most dangerous as far as defense left in this playoffs i think uh the Bengals. i skipped past them a little bit we're going to talk about them shortly just you know just a little overview of their game but the Bengals don't really have that i mean jesse bates that's how that, that's who they have on their defense um you know that's a star in this league uh and 49ers nick bosa and who else you know, the Rams have the most dangerous defense left. Jalen Ramsey, I didn't even mention him. You know, they have. And the Chiefs, their defense, I, we're, we're going to talk about their defense here in a little bit when we talk about the Chiefs and the Bills. But um, back to the Rams, four turnovers. Uh, the, <laughs> the Rams tried everything they could to chuck this game away to Tom Brady. They really did, tried everything they could. Um, but the Tampa O-line... Uh, there was in Tampa had a lot of injuries. Chris Godwin, uh, Antonio Brown, obviously just I don't know what is wrong with him, but um, 
he just ran off the field like a toddler. But uh, in the Tampa O-line, Tristan Wirfs was injured, so they were using, in the second half, they ended up using the backup left guard, I believe, as the right tackle. So they they were just scrambling for anyone they could possibly find on their roster to come in. And the guy was a rookie, you know, um, rookie in a big game, trying to mount a big comeback. And that O-line just, uh, the last drive, uh, they held up pretty decent. But as far as the whole game, they didn't really do anything special, uh, you know, as far as protecting Tom Brady. Brady was under pressure a lot. Uh, that was the biggest thing that the Rams did was pressure Tom Brady. And if you can pressure Tom Brady when he's trying to mount a comeback, because, you know, when you're trying to mount a comeback, you have to stretch the ball down the field. you got to have got people on go routes. you got to have people on stutter routes. And Tom Brady just didn't have enough time to get the ball out of his hands. Um, and just the most important thing about this Rams game, you have to look at Matthew Stafford. Stafford outplayed Brady. Uh, that's the first time anyone's ever going to say that, but Stafford outplayed Brady on that last drive to Cooper Cup. That was an amazing throw under pressure, and you have to really commemorate the Rams for their usage of Cooper Cup. I'm, I mean, Cooper Cup, he did fumble, but, you know, great players make mistakes, and he made up for it, no doubt, on that last drive. Um so now we're going to talk about the Poss. This is my favorite game of the weekend, just because I want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. But this is definitely my favorite game of the weekend. The Bengals was my second favorite. I'll go ahead and say that. The Bengals were my second favorite team to play um, in this playoffs. I want the Chiefs or the Bengals to win. That's my... And as far as my predictions, uh, I think that the Chiefs will... I think they'll beat the Bengals. I do. But... I think it's I think it's probably not going to be close. Um as far as the 49ers and the Rams um that's going to be an interesting game. That's going to be a really good game. I think that's going to be a better game than the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh the Rams they they have to clean up a lot of their mistakes if they want to win this game because the 49ers are tough and they're going to sit there and they're going to fight you all game long. Uh, 49ers are a really, really physical team, and they do a lot of things that not a lot of other teams do. You know, um, they 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 really they really work in the trenches. Um, so now we're going to talk about the Bills uh, and the Chiefs. Their game, the Chiefs, they came out looking just as dangerous as the Bills. I mean, the Bills came out on that first drive, and it was. It looked bad. It looked like it was about to be bad. It really did because they just ran and threw the ball right through the seams and just moved down the field, scored quickly, scored in aggressive fashion. They went for it twice on fourth down, and they really came out, and they told the Chiefs basically, hey, we're here to play. You know, we're here. We're going to score. We're going to get the ball in the end zone, and we're going to do what we do. Now, the Chiefs' offense – it looked, it looked really good, and they picked. I think they picked it up in the second half. Uh, I mean, it's not like their offense struggled throughout the game, but I think the Chiefs really locked in, dialed in in that second half, and just finished the game strong. Um, as far as the scoring, Chiefs they scored 
they scored 13 in the fourth and nine in the third. So you can tell they really came out and they, they, in the second half, uh, the, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was right. Okay. And you know, um, the, the, those, those two teams and those two quarterbacks, they're going to be battling for this division for a long time. And this, I saw someone say this is the new Brady and Manning, and that's exactly right, except more firepower and more electricity uh, as far as the plays and just the players. Um, you know, it's a lot more loose, not a lot of running. And that's just how the NFL is in today's day and age. You know, there's not a lot of running no more, not a lot of battling for ground, not a lot of just ground and pound. It's more stretch it down the field, um, get it to your best player, and let them make plays. Uh, and now we're going to talk about some the best player on the Bills, which is um, Stefan Diggs. He was invisible. Stefan Diggs, you know, he stood out um, and watched the Chiefs celebrate last year, stood out, stayed out on the field, watched them celebrate. And this was his revenge game, everyone was calling it. And he, he was invisible. He He was nowhere to be seen. He was targeted six times, I think, and he had, in the second half, I think it was in the fourth quarter, he had seven yards receiving. Seven. That's, <laughs> if, you're, if you're the best player on the team, best wide receiver on the team, you, you have to make plays and you got to do better and you have to separate yourself from other players. And that's just, that might be what lost them the game. <laughs> um, and as far as the Bills' offense... Yes, they were dangerous and they were potent all game long, but the Chiefs, for the most part, the Chiefs' run game has picked itself up so much in the past few weeks. I mean, it's unbelievable because start of the season, they couldn't move the ball on the ground, you know. Um, they were trying to figure out the running back situation with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was just, you know, he was injured, he was always out, and uh, they really got a star in McKinnon. Um, and the Chiefs defense, I told y'all I would talk about this, and, you know, the past few weeks, Chiefs defense has been stepping up in big, big situations, big, big games. Uh, they lost Tyron Matthew first quarter. He got hit in the head, and so he had a concussion. He was out all game, but, um, that's no excuse for the defense. You know, it's next man up. It's next man up. They didn't lose the game, but they probably should have. Yeah, I mean, they probably should have lost the game because their defense was god-awful. The Bills' defense, I don't know what the Bills were doing when Patrick Mahomes had 13 seconds left. Why are they not pressing the receivers? Y'all are sitting 15 yards back, letting the receivers run free. Let them get blockers in front of them. I mean, you have to press in that situation. But, yeah, the Chiefs did control the clock basically all game. Um... And they kept the Bills' offense off the field. And with a potent offense like the Bills have, that's what you have to do. You know, you have to keep them off the field. you got to control the clock. you got to control the ground ground game. Um, but the teams were evenly matched. And I think the Chiefs, even though everyone's saying that they're hot right now, and they are hot, and they're saying the Super Bowl favorites, I don't know if I completely see it. Um, and just to wrap it all up here, we're going to talk about the Bengals and the Titans game. Um, and I want to talk about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was, he was kind of invisible, you know, they didn't really feed him the ball. I didn't really see him all that much, but
but they he was invisible basically all game in my opinion uh, you didn't see any stiff arms you didn't see any uh trucks you didn't see any spin move you didn't see anything that you're so used to seeing from derrick henry and he yes he was coming off of an injury and that's probably why they probably don't want to you know press their luck and injure him again and just um jeopardize next season um and I think the Titans would have had a much better record if Derrick Henry never got hurt. Now, as far as Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Jamar Chase is unbelievable. Jamar Chase, he he's a he's a generational talent, no doubt, generational talent, and he's going to be here for a while. And um, Joe Burrow, he is also a generational talent. I don't I don't know how much you can really say about this underdog Cinderella Bengal team. Um, I think that they. They'll they'll stick in with the Chiefs. They will. They'll stick in the game for probably the first half. But after, I just I don't I don't see the Bengals being able to beat the Chiefs. You know, as everyone's saying, they're hot right now. Um, and so I think that the Bengals are going to end up just not really being able to hang with the Chiefs and the firepower that the Chiefs have. Uh, the Bengals run game with Joe Mixon it's really good. Uh, the offensive line. It's the offensive line's terrible. It's bad. It's just as bad as the Packers' offensive line. I don't know who played worse, the Packers' offensive line or the Bengals' offensive line. Um, the Bengals, they 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 stretch the ball out, and they get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands pretty quickly most of the time. Uh, you have the tight end, Ozama. You know, you have uh, Jamar Chase and the other Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. They have a lot of weapons, a lot of weapons, but it's just – I don't think it's all come together yet. I think they just give it one more year, one or two more years, and I think it'll all mesh together to where it's just like the Chiefs and they have just as much firepower as the Chiefs. But just as far as wrapping up this podcast, I'm just going to give my Super Bowl favorite, the team that I think is going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, it's, it's, it's between the Rams and the Chiefs. It's going to come down to the Rams and the Chiefs. I really think that. I don't think the 49ers can push the Rams out of the playoffs. Uh, I think the Rams have a lot of firepower. Their defense is hot right now, you know, coming off that win against Tom Brady, who is just electric uh, as as far as coming back in the games and just really trying to push his team to that to the to the uh, end zone, you know, to get that win. And uh, we're going to talk next week, you know, we're going to be talking about who who won what and who didn't win and who played well and who didn't. So just to wrap it all up here, I think that it's either going to be the Rams or the Chiefs who win the Super Bowl. Um, and I, I know I'm going to be contradicting myself when I say this, but the Rams, I, now that I'm th- really, really thinking about it, I don't know if the Rams can hang with the Chiefs. But... We'll we'll see, and uh, I'll see y'all guys. I'll see you guys next week.